Hey guys, my name's Adam. I'm the head coach at Copper State Fit. Our purpose is to educate, entertain, and inspire you to lead a fit and healthy lifestyle. We hope that by sharing our clients' stories and providing you with tools, tips, and information that you can apply, that you'll seize the opportunity by turning thought into action. Stick around till the end and we'll provide you with the next steps that you can take along with helpful links in the show notes. That said, thank you in advance for listening and enjoy the show. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the very first episode of the Copper State Fit Podcast. And I'm excited to have our guest on today, Amber Smith, who's been a, a part of our program for nine or more months now. And, and, and we really have her on because I think this story that she's going to tell us is going to really inspire a lot of you and, and help you understand that the change that she's made has been more than just the exterior, but a lot of the interior. So without being said, let's get going. Amber, welcome. Thank you, Adam. I'm excited to be your first guest. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really, really cool. Man, we've been uh, trying to get this thing running for a bit, and I'm excited <laughs> that it's finally happening. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? I am talking to you from Lincoln, Nebraska. I haven't left the Cornhusker State. I grew up um, farm girl, but made my way to, I call it the big city of Lincoln. I don't think many people would say that. But Nebraska girl. Cool, cool. And what do you do? Like, what does your day consist of? Um, I work for a local TV station, and I, my title is the digital director. So um, I work in management in the newsroom. So um, like I said, we're going to try and get this podcast done without any breaking news happening and hopefully no interruptions. <laughs> breaking news, some upsets in March Madness, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Friday. Awesome. not a ton going on today. Very cool. Tell us a little about what you do away from work. Like what are some of the, the hobbies and interests that you have? Um, let's see. Pre-Copper State Fit, it was a lot of drinking. Okay. <laughs> it would usually be where, you know, where are we going um, which bar are we going to? And funnily, uh, funny enough, my social life has not changed too much. It's just I've learned how to um, be social without as much alcohol. Um, okay. Alcohol has been a big part of my life up until now, and um, I'm surprised by how social I'm still able to be. Um, Do you still get to have alcohol? I do. That two drink a week rule. Um, <laughs> which I'll admit that was probably the hardest part of the program starting out. I was just like, wait, two drinks a week. I was like, I could do two drinks a day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I like to socialize. I like to go out. Um, Lincoln has some fun bars and restaurants. Um, working out has become a big part and getting outside now that it's getting nice out. Um, I live in Lincoln, but I go to Omaha a lot to see my twin sister, Ashley. Awesome. Much my hobbies. Very cool. Twin sister, huh? Mm-hmm. The evil older? twin. Who's older? She is by nine minutes. By nine minutes. But I'm bossier. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> uh, Amber, tell us how you found Copper State Fit and what motivated you to make a change. So I was talking to my sister and our mutual friend, Brianna Paulson, um, had been doing the program and my sister just mentioned, you should ask Brie what she's doing. She's seen a lot of success and I texted Brie and she uh, 
told me about Copper State Fit. I had never heard of it. Um, it was kind of online based, which uh, was something I felt like would be good for me. I like, you know, doing it via apps and how it's app based. But, um, you know, she sent me her her photos and I was like, wow, like just seeing, you know, that, that before and after everyone is motivated by a good before and after. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I I was at that place where I knew I needed to make a change. I had done an embarrassing amount of other things to try and make that change. I'm talking spending weight, like over a grand on hypnosis. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, just a lot of different other things to try. So I guess I'm not afraid to try new things. Um, so I was just ready. My friend had good success with it. I kind of jumped into it blind and mm. was really lucky. I found a good program. That's cool. So you've lost damn near close to 60 pounds, right? It's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big number. And we were doing the math the other day on, on how many <laughs> calories that was, right? Yeah. Pretty nuts to think about that. But um, if you think back at that, what would you say led you to that place? Because you weren't always at a, a, a high weight. You weren't always, you know, in a position of, of being unhealthy and, and work back to that spot? Um, so I'm going to have to go back a few, a few years before that, before I was even at that high weight, I felt like I was always kind of bouncing between the one thirties and one forties. Um, and it was a life of restriction led to binging mm -hmm. restriction led to binging. Um, you know, those few days that I was able to, you know, I felt like my willpower was really strong. I was just on top of the world. Like I'm, you know, working out, real, eating super clean. And then it, it would just never last. And that binge, it would just kind of undo everything, or at least I, I felt that way. And I did that lifestyle up until, um, gosh, up until about 2014. Okay. Into a lot of things here. Um, uh, or I guess 2013 and my mother, um, being on the end of her battle with cancer, um, we knew she wasn't, it wasn't going to be a good outcome and she ended up passing, but I knew that I couldn't still live this cycle of restriction and binging while dealing with grief. I kind of had to pick one or the other. I knew it would just be too much because the, the binging was just consuming my entire life. And so I kind of just stopped caring a little bit okay. and I kind of worked through my grief, but in working through my grief, I stopped obsessing about my calories. I just kind of ate whatever I wanted and the pounds popped on. I wasn't binging anymore, but it was weird. I had climbed up to the one eighties, which for my five, three frame, there wasn't a lot of places for it to hide. And, um, but I was happy. I wasn't binging anymore and that was that was a big step for me but I knew I needed to do something but I didn't know how to do it without that restriction binging coming back so it was either one extreme or the other yeah it was one or extreme or the other so I knew that if I was going to jump into something I I knew I had to get some get some help I knew that I couldn't do this on my own and the tracking really scared me because a lot of my obsession was with tracking, but you've taught me to do it in a totally different, healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I appreciate you sharing that. 
the personal side of it, obviously with the, the loss and the grief, you know, of losing your mother and, you know, a lot of people do turn to food and, and other, um, addictive behaviors and things like that in times of loss. So it's good that you recognize that and you're able to kind of jump on it and, and, you know, stop it. And one thing you just said there that I wanted to kind of touch on was like, obviously the loss of your mother, that's a a big thing and and a huge, huge emotional loss. Uh, I can't even imagine that, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to still have my mother today, but that being said, you said I was still happy, right? And I think that was still something that, you know, when we first met via consultation, like I, I could sense that, I could get that. Like overall, you're, you know, joking, loving, happy, like inside you were happy, but there was just kind of a hole that was needing to be filled essentially. And I think that's maybe what's taken place. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I um, kind of replaced one behavior with another Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I had worked through that grief and I think I was surprised by how I was able to kind of continue on. It wasn't just my mother who had passed. It was two months later, I lost my father too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just kind of that, you know, a little bit, little bit of a fog, but I, I was proud that I worked through it, but wasn't, wasn't proud of how I looked and felt. Yeah. So. And your mother was a pretty inspirational person, right? She was. Uh, I I did a lot of um, half marathons and marathons with her, and she really inspired a lot of the people um, in our small town community of Pender Thurston to kind of get moving. But I'll admit, there was a lot of guilt I felt. I'd see her inspiring so many people, but yet here I am, you know, overweight, and you know she she was able to inspire so many people, but yet it didn't quite have that effect, same effect on me. I mean, she's just my mom. Yep. Yep. You know, she's just that crazy lady with cancer running around. But um, I'm glad she was able to inspire a lot of people. I never met your mom, but uh, I can promise you based on from what I've heard from other people, because I've talked to a lot of friends of yours and, and friends that have even joined the program and some who know you through your mom. And she sounded like an amazing person. So but the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Oh. So. You got a lot of those good qualities. I'm sure she's super, super proud of you. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, you jumping into this program. So obviously, like we said, you've lost, you know, 60 or so pounds and, and you know, everyone loves a good before and after. And gosh, <laughs> when, when yours get released, it's probably going to break the internet, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but they're pretty impressive. Uh, and with that being said, um, when people ask you, like what you've done to lose weight, what do you tell them and what's their typical response? A lot of people ask me how I did it. They, they know that I um, have worked out. So even when I was overweight, I've always um, worked out. I, a lot of people remember me as like a runner. Um, I used to run, you know, long races, um, half marathons and stuff. And so I think that's why they're like, okay, so you did, you did something else. So, and I tell them I did work out, but without that nutrition element, I was totally spinning my wheels. You know, I think of all that time I spent running all those miles and not that it wasn't for anything. I mean, anything, it was good social relationship building, but it wasn't until I got a handle on nutrition, not just nutrition, but balanced nutrition, not all or nothing mentality. Okay. Tell me, and tell me what that means to you. Like in your own words, 
how would you describe or how do you describe the program to other people? Like what you do and what you did to achieve the weight loss you did. Um, I tell them that you would be surprised by what you can eat on the program, how there's um, like never once have you said, Amber, you have to cut this out or you can't eat this. It was, you know, there's, it's like food Tetris. Yeah. Fit it into your, you know, allotted um, calories and macronutrients for the day. And it's surprising how things fit. And because those things that, um, that, that are, you know, sometimes seem like treats, they actually fit. It makes you feel like you're, you're winning every day. You know, I used to throw a win, like I'm eating salads and plain chicken and broccoli. And if I can do that, if I can have that strong willpower, that was a win. But now my wins are, they're more balanced wins. And I feel like, I feel like I'm able to consistently uh, keep up with the program. Awesome. Very cool. And, and like, I think one of the things that, that we talk about often in the program is the law of sacrifice, right? So I think this really teaches you that because the law of sacrifice, you can have anything, you just can't have everything. So you have a budget of calories and and macronutrients. And so you get to still have those things. There's nothing you can't have, just like you said, but that one thing you want to have might take up a lot of calories and macros and leave you left with very little for the rest of the day. So it is a game of learning what that budget is that that you can have and what you can play with. So um, I'm curious though, Obviously, people see the changes you've made and, and they hear the story of how you got there. What's their typical response? And, and when they say, well, I track my food, I, I weigh my food and it's not like, how do they respond to that? Um, they think it's super complicated at first, but I also remember you didn't start me out on full macros. You gave me a calorie goal and that, yeah. was, that was it. You know, it was simple. And then once I consistently hit those calories, you gave me a calorie and a protein goal. And I felt like that was so hard at first. I had so much trouble, you know, hitting my protein, but it also made me realize how little protein I was getting before. Yep, absolutely. Um, but, you know, how it's implemented and the accountability that you, you provide as, as a coach has, has made it manageable. But I've also had people, you know, once they add me on my fitness pal, you know, not every day is a great day. You know, they'll be like, did you really have gummy bears for dinner this day? And then I remind, I remind them, I don't have that for every day, you know? Yep. That's funny. The gummy bears. I remember the gummy bears. Uh, So um, what, let me ask you a little bit from the past. What was your headspace? Like what was a really bad suggestion that you had from the past that maybe you received and believed about health and fitness before starting this program? I feel like this was my own headspace, but I thought that people who were skinny and fit and thin, they just had more willpower than me. And it made me feel really weak because I feel like I'm strong in other aspects and I should be able to, to do this and I should be able to do it on my own. I, I'm knowledgeable enough, you know, so what, why do they have more willpower than me? which That's interesting. is not the case at all. It is not this it is not about willpower or motivation. It's about having a really good plan. Okay. Well, I guess to expound upon that just a little bit, since starting the journey, what new beliefs, behaviors or habits would you say have made the biggest impact on your success? Um, definitely logging food into my fitness pal the night before. 
um, and not retro logging. So okay. putting it in before, I feel like it has taken that temptation. I know everybody works at places where you've got, you know, anything and everything um, that's probably not great decisions available at your fingertips. And just having that food in before, it eliminates the temptation. It takes a lot of the emotion out of food choices. It doesn't mean you're always gonna stick to it, but um, you know, there has been a couple of times there's been a few things I want. So I'll look at it and I'll plug it into my fitness pal and then I'll see, okay, how else do, how do I need to adjust the rest of the day if I want this? So it's a conscious thought instead of just grabbing and eating. Okay. You were talking about free logging. So one thing that I know during football season, you like to do a little tailgating. Just enjoy, a little bit. Enjoy the Cornhuskers. So mm -hmm. talk to me about your strategy with that. Uh, so I usually save up my two drinks a week for tailgate day. Okay. So that is going to take a lot of my fat calories. Um, cause that's, we count that more as fats and you, you better, you're way better at describing why we do yeah. that. So you have to explain that after, but, um, so then I make sure, you know, my breakfast is going to be high protein, higher carb, low fat. Um, and then, you know, I will definitely eat before I go out, but there's usually, you know, foods there that um, it's hard to predict, you know, what's going to be there. So I just plan as much as I can, put those drinks in. And then sometimes if you're nice to me, you just give me a calorie only or <laughs> day. Right. right. But we, we, we plan it out that way. Absolutely. And, and I think like your statement about why do we count that as fats and, and, Alcohol, yes, by definition, is a, is a sugar. It's a carbohydrate. So chemically speaking, it's a carb. But uh, I'll be honest, the, the reason we count it as a fat, once it's in the body and it's being digested, it, the body treats it similar to a fat. But furthermore, by counting it as a fat, fats are the macro that we have the fewest of, right? So yes. it's kind of, in a way, a self-limiting way of tracking the alcohol. But to your point, um, I think there's ways to find balance with the program. Maybe we're at a point where we're, you know, really pushing hard and we want to stick with our macros. So we're going to pre-log and account for those. Maybe we're like, okay, we're going to be a little bit more relaxed and we'll do a calorie only day. But yeah, that's all based on kind of where we were at, at what time in the program and the results we were seeing and, and things like that. So very, very cool. Um, when you feel off track, like you've kind of lost your momentum and, and just, man, I'm just struggling. What are some of the things that you do mentally to get yourself back on track? It's a good question. I have kept an online like journal. And so a lot of times I'll look back at certain points and, and I always like kind of, I'll actually take a, take a picture. Nobody sees these. It's a selfie. And then I write how I was feeling. So I can actually look at myself kind and I'm kind of, see like what weight I might have been there because my weight goes to my face <laughs> and um it's it's so fascinating I think I've even sent you you know a post yeah, in yeah. my online journal of and it and it and always even when I'm feeling down it's never as bad as the, as how I felt previous um and it definitely helps me realize you know I've came a long ways and you're always so good at reminding me that one day off track like I would have to eat like, what is it, like 3,500 calories to gain a pound of fat. Yeah, and if yeah. the scale goes up, it's not always, the, you know, true. Yeah. 
Talk about that for a minute too, because we do have our clients check their weight daily. And for a lot, that's a little obsessive in the beginning. Um, tell me how you felt about that. And then now how you feel about it and understanding the purpose behind it. Um, I've always been somebody who likes to track my weight daily, but you've helped me understand that a lot of those, you know, the ups and downs can, you know, aren't always, um, they, they don't always mean it's because I ate more, ate, ate less. A lot of it can be, you know, sodium and right. even my cycle or, or things like that. There's a lot of contributing factors and it's more about the trend. Yeah. Bingo. You nailed it. And that's the big thing is the day-to-day changes aren't what we're looking for, but we're looking for that trend. And, um, you know, research does show actually that people who way more often do see more results. So, you know, we are an evidence-based program, if you will, meaning we go by the science and what the science says, but yeah, it helps us as coaches also make the necessary changes that we need to make when we can see, when we have more data to work with, you know, and, and from a mental perspective, our aim is to teach the clients that when you hop on the scale and the scale went down, that's not always a victory. And when it goes up, that's not always a a loss or a defeat. It's, you know, we want to look at victories in the actions and the habits and the behaviors and less of the outcomes. And we want to really focus on the process. Like what does it take to lose weight? Well, it takes tracking the food and hitting your macros and doing your workouts. And when you do the things that are required to lose weight, you will lose weight. You know, so uh, I'm glad that that you didn't really I know, like you said, you kind of had the habit of doing so, but I'm glad that you learned really a lot of the reasons behind that. And now it makes a lot more sense to you. So speaking of that, can you recall during your journey um, a particular failure or maybe an apparent failure that set you up for maybe some later success? Uh, The Halloween candy incident of 2017. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is this recorded um, in the journal? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, I've got a sweet tooth. I remember, you know, I got, I bought some Halloween candy. My roommate, Emily comes home. She's like, Oh, I got candy. So we basically had way too much. And, you know, I, I've been doing great with the program. I didn't think it'd be an issue anymore, but you know, that leftover candy, you know, it haunted me and it, it led to, you know, I, I didn't track it. I wasn't weighing it and I would just kind of sit and have it. And so I guess even, even if we're on this program, we're still going to have those pitfalls and you kind of decided maybe that could be a trigger food and just don't have it easy, easily accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Like we said before, it's, it's not a restrictive program where there's things you can't have, but when you, learn of what those trigger foods are. We all have them. Those are things like you said, they can't be easily accessible and they can't be accessible in large quantities, right? Like can't be the whole bag of the Halloween candy, but maybe I go through the grocery store and in the checkout line, I I grab a, you know, a candy bar, whatever that might be and bring it home. And it's just one quick serving and and I log it and I track it. But so in your mind, that was a failure to you or a stumbling block and, and a tripping point. What did you learn from that? And what now do you do to maybe prevent that? Uh, just what you said. It doesn't mean I can't have those things, but I also learned that I, I want to keep things around that don't trigger me. Sometimes if I buy 
um, like a lot of like new things at the grocery store. I'm like tempted. I just want to try them all because it's new and ex exciting. So maybe yeah. introducing those things, you know, slowly at home um, and just taking a moment and logging it and tracking it is enough time that it would take to probably talk myself out yeah, of it. Yeah, makes sense. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a deterrent or a detour, right? You, yeah. It's a little more work. So. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been a few times where like, you know, I'm, I'm craving something on, you know, this day I'm going to go get this. And I will, I'll even like pre-log it like two days in advance. Saturday I'm getting this. But it doesn't have to be, okay, Saturday is just a throwaway day. Like it used to be, like it used to be if I would have you know, a donut or something, it would just be like, okay, that day is out the window, but I've been able to kind of restart. It's not like a wait till Monday day or wait till tomorrow. I can reset right afterwards. Totally. Yeah. The the old diet starts Monday, right? Yes. Yeah. A lot of Mondays came and go, got, came and went. <laughs> um, what would you say is the best advice you received along this journey? Oh, you have so many good metaphors. Um, I like your bank account one. Will you explain that one? Oh, the bank account one. Well, I'm going to give you the bank account one, but then I want you to give me some advice that maybe didn't come from me. Maybe okay. it came from someone else. So okay. um, the bank account, basically the way that we view our success and or not success in the program it's kind of like the, the thing you just said, like having a donut or diet starts Monday. That's a really bad mentality to have. And the way that we look at our program is everything you do that gets you closer to your goals, whether that be a workout, whether it be, you know, a healthy meal, you know, logging your food, hitting your calorie macro goals. Those are all considered deposits into your success bank accounts. And Anytime you don't do those things, if you miss a workout, if you don't hit your macronutrient and calorie goals, if you have the donut, like those might be considered withdrawals. And like a bank account, as long as we've got more deposits and withdrawals, we're not going to overdraw that account. We're always trending forward. So I think early on, it's very important to learn that pretty quickly that, you know, like the old saying, like, one workout didn't get somebody in shape or one salad didn't get them in shape, right? But at the same time, one donut didn't get someone out of shape. So that's kind of the, the deposit mentality. So tell me of uh, uh, some advice that you received from somebody outside of our program, maybe. Okay. I wish I could think of who I can attribute this to, but um, I think going about it as not focusing on losing weight for this event or, you know, a lot of us, like that's how we start something. We've got a wedding, we've got, we've got this that's rep party or, or whatever. And I had a lot of those this summer, but not going about it as I've got to be at this weight by then, because I know that's how a lot of people think, but just going about it day by day, not so focused. I mean, if I would have focused right away on, okay, I got to lose 60 pounds. I got I don't even think I had 60 as a number in my head. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I'm at a lighter weight than I, I saw for myself an, an initially, but just kind of going day by day. And all of a sudden you're at that weight for that event. Um, and not because you've got to be able to continue the program after that event. You know, I don't yeah. want to just stop once that event gets here. Absolutely. Go back up. 
Absolutely. So more, more or less the advice would be that it's not event driven, but more of a lifestyle type thing. So that you're yeah. continuing after the fact. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what along the way, what things have you had to become better at saying no to? And what, what have you found the most polite way to say no to those things? <laughs> oh, definitely the drinking. Um, it was in April that April, 2017 that I started and, um, you know, I definitely believe in telling your close friends or at least the people you're going to be socializing with about your program. They've got to know, you know, what you're dealing with. And I've like two of my really good girlfriends, Bridget and Shelby have done a really good job of backing me up. And so it definitely helps having people in your corner, but wow, that's, that's big. Yeah, but there's going to be people who, you know, don't understand that or they get you around and it's going to, at the time, it's going to feel like, oh, you're not celebrating this person or you're not doing this, but it has nothing to do with that. And so firmness helps. Um, you say no so many times and they'll eventually stop bugging you. But a couple of times I just said, you know what, I'm going to save you some money. I'm not going to drink that. <laughs> and, being, and just being so absolute about it, they're like, oh. Instead of just being like, oh, I shouldn't, no, like that sounds like, oh, I can probably influence this person. Yep. Um, just, just being firm and you might have to give them some crap back. Yeah. But. Okay. Very good. Um, what advice, we, well, we've got, let me, before I go there, we've got a lot of new people in our program. It's, it's, this is a program that is we bring a lot of new people in. We have a lot of successful people that leave. And, and that's the ultimate goal of the program is eventually, you know, people uh, fly the nest and, and are able to sustain this on their own. And that's our hope. And so with a lot of new people coming in or perhaps even people that are considering the program right now, um, what advice would you give to those people that maybe are starting this journey this week? Like this is their first week. What would you tell them or what would you tell Amber in her first week, if you can go back and tell that Amber right now. That just do what Adam says, that you don't know more than he does. I mean, it's so easy to be like, okay, this person's telling me this, but I read this thing online and it is so easy to doubt the process. Yeah. Um, and just, just be compliant. Easier said than done. But um, I mean, that when I joined the program, it was kind of that moment where I realized this whole weight thing is bigger than me. I mean, I have so many people, if you're waiting to start it, you've probably, this probably isn't a new thing that you've wanted. How long have you wanted to lose weight? How long? And if it's more than, I bet everyone would say it's more than a year or more than, you know, six months. And it's not because you don't know enough. You likely know that this apple is more healthy than this candy bar. It's not that simple. It's, it does take some strategy. Um, and just, just do it, pull the trigger, do it and be compliant. I think a little nugget about what you said in there from, from a coach's perspective. Um, I'm glad you brought it up because we live in a world today where information's at our fingertips and we're also heavily, heavily marketed to, you know, and there's a lot of companies, for-profit companies that are out there seeking to earn your, uh, your, your dollars as a customer. And, um, so I think, like you said, we know an apple's healthier, quote unquote, than, than the candy bar, 
But at the same time, I think there's a lot of misleading things out there. It's the article of the day of, hey, top five things to lose belly fat. Or, you know, uh, you go to the grocery store and you walk through the aisle and it's like, you know, gluten-free this, gluten-free that. And from a coach's perspective, it, it, it is tough to wade through those things. And when you do have a client who's coming back and, hey, I just read this article, I love explaining things. I love helping people understand those. But as long as you're bringing it to us or bringing it to your coach to help us help you decipher the information versus, hey, I think this is what we should do. I think trusting your coach was great advice to give to Amber starting this week. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, All right. little fun question here. I, I know the gummy bears was one, but... What would you say is an unusual food that you just like always try to squeeze into your calories and your macros? Oh, got a few of these. Um, This one might not be unusual, but in my freezer, I usually have no less than 10 different kind flavors of Halo Top, which that's actually not too hard to fit because it's got, it's got some protein to it, but um, yeah, a lot of Halo Top. And then I got on this, my mom used to make, I called it apple smile. So it's an apple with peanut butter and marshmallows on it. Shouldn't have even planted that idea in anyone's <laughs> head, but it's really good. Uh, you just can't like keep dipping into that peanut butter and keep dipping into those marshmallows. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that I can fit, but yeah, gummy bar, gummy bears. Yeah. I think everybody's got like their unusual thing that it's like, they literally hoard their calories and macros to like, Oh yeah. I'm going to get this. How much time we got? I can run through the list. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the future. We've talked about the past, the present. Um, I know your sister's getting married. Yeah. That was exciting news. and, And that was a lot of fun. And we had a lot of conversations about that and, and what you shared with me about your feelings about the dress and the, the, mm-hmm. the trip, it's a destination wedding, right? Like, so, yeah. so talk to me about that. What's coming up there and, and how are your feelings different now than they might've been in the past? Okay. Well, like I said before, I'm a twin. We're fraternal and it's, it's my sister's is very nice if she was mean, you would all want to hate her if you saw a picture of her because nobody should have to have a sister who looks as ripped as my twin <laughs> sister does. Thank goodness we're not identical. But she, um, yeah, she's just always been really fit, really toned. It's got this fiance who is also the same. I mean, you look at pictures of them and you're like, oh, God. And yeah. so, you know, I've laughed with some other people in the wedding. You know, they're a very fit couple. And so you know, the bar is set, you know, it, everyone's going to be in their swimsuits, whatever. But, um, you know, just, I just, honestly, I've just always wanted to make my sister proud of me. And I, I kind of always thought that I needed to look like her or match that, but so not the case. I mean, throughout this whole process, she's been so proud of me and it's got to be so hard to, you know, how do you cheerlead or be there for somebody when they're experiencing issues that you don't have a clue about? Mm-hmm. But she has been a huge supporter of me, and she was a huge supporter before I started this, too. Um, and even her her fiancé, too. I'll always update them on, on what I'm up to. I feel like I'm getting way off track here, but it is everyone has that person that they compare themselves, whether it's a family member or that person on Instagram. But, 
um, just, you know, have, have some, have self-love for yourself, but also have faith that if you want to have a certain physique or, or get there, you can totally do it. You just need to just sometimes need to pull the trigger and, and do a program like this. Yeah. That's awesome. I know your sister, you know, she's reached out to me privately and I won't share really what she said, but I know she's super, super proud of you. And she's watched you along, you know, your whole journey and seen how it's changed you, not just outside, but, but even inside too, like your strength and confidence and all those things. So I think that's apparent to all those that are close to you. Um, with that, one thing you told me about was the dress, right? Yeah. And how you just don't really, you're not worried about it. So, so yeah. talk about Oh that. my gosh. Well, uh, my sister and her fiance, they got engaged in November and I, there was so much relief when they got engaged because I knew I was going to be the maid of honor. It took her forever to ask, but I, but I knew I was going to be the maid of honor. <laughs> of course. And I just had this relief that, oh my gosh, I don't have to freak out and slim down for this wedding. And I tried it on and it fit. And I, I seriously like about cried happy tears. It, it was just nice knowing like this has become my lifestyle and there those things that come up, I don't have to freak out and worry about. So do it now. Do don't, you know, I'm so glad I didn't wait until like a few months before the event and then get all worried about it. But yeah, much absolutely. Relief. So I don't want to take a ton of your time. You've been awesome today. And, and I'm sure people <laughs> making me cry. Looking, what's that? You're making me cry. Oh my gosh. Are those yeah. tears? <laughs> those are tears. We got some good meat on the bone then if you're crying, Amber. No, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I think this is an emotional experience. And anybody that goes through our program that that you know can look back on it will tell you they probably changed more inside than out. And oh, yeah. gained a lot more gained a lot more than they lost, right? In terms of mm-hmm. okay, we lost weight, but what'd you gain? <clears throat> that being said. I want to wrap up with a couple things here. Um, number one would be, obviously, there's going to come a time where you're not in the program anymore, and and I'm going to kick you out of the nest at some point in time. Oh, right? Not ready to fly yet. But what do you think that when you're doing this on your own, what are some of the maybe two or three things that you're going to remember all the time and carry with you so that you can maintain this lifestyle forever? Um... Probably that whole methods are many, principles are few, just because there's so many different diets, you know, intermittent fasting and keto and low carb and things like that. And you've always said, like, if people want to do those, those diets on the program, like you can help them, but it's so much simpler than that. It's like calories in, calories out, Um, just kind of keeping in mind the simplicity of it and, um, the importance of tracking. I still think I'll track for a while. Um, that accountability. I definitely did not have accountability of how much I was eating. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of it was, and, and the planning part, you know, I would have, you know, Subway and Jersey Mike's and Firehouse Subs and like a sub, like it's got like green things on it. And that's <laughs> likely healthier than if I would go to Raising Cane's or Popeye's Chicken. I mean, yeah. but it's still you know, planning, nothing takes the place of planning and preparing food in your house when you know what's in it. That's awesome. Good advice for anybody. And I'll flip the script. 
do you have any questions? Do you have anything yes. that you'd like to ask? Yes. Oh my and gosh, you said yes too fast, Emma. <laughs> I'm in the journalism business. This is weird for me answering questions. Um, so I want to know, yeah, specifically about me when, you know, there's been times I have not been as compliant as I need to be. You know, I'm four of seven, five of seven days of the week, you know, um, how, you know, how do you, how do you get me to do it? That's going to be so hard because like you can't track for me. You can't, all you can do is give me the plan and hope I follow it. How do you get me and other clients to, to do the program? I, I wish I had the golden answer that worked for everybody because then it would make it easy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the art of coaching meets the science. I mean, we can talk the X's and O's of nutrition, but like us coaches, we talk about all the time, this is 90% psychology and 10% physiology. So to answer your question, um, really, number one is looking as if this is, tr- is this a trend or not? Or is this just an off week? Like we all are going to have off weeks and that's okay but are you going down a path that you shouldn't? And do we need to have a hard conversation about that path you might be going down? Or again, do you need, do you need to pick me up? Was this a bad week that you're beating yourself up over? And instead of kicking you in the butt, do you need a hand to help pick you back up and dust you off? So it's really just knowing what you need and building the relationship with the client. And I think that's the most important thing above all else um, I'd rather, again, we talk about this as coaches behind the scenes, but I'd, I'd rather the client, the relationship over everything, rather than being right, quote unquote, I'd rather the relationship remain intact. And I know that if the relationship remains intact, whether it's one or two or three weeks that you get off track, eventually you'll come back because you know that we're coming from a place of love and care. So that's, that's kind of how I'd answer that. Okay. And for people who haven't heard of like Copper State Fit, you have a pretty cool story of how you started it. I think people need to know that. Oh, wow. Like that's a long one. I'll try and keep that short. Um, so I've, I've was a, a collegiate athlete, been in health and fitness my whole life, um, moved up the ranks in commercial fitness industry, which I was working in commercial fitness for like 17, 18 years, was an executive for, you know, a, a multi-million dollar company, had hundreds of employees and found myself out of shape and eating bad foods and not exercising. And it was the epitome, the the exact opposite of what I was trying to lead a group of people to be. Uh, Long story short, um, you know, that that position, that job ended and it was kind of a transition period for me in my life of what I was going to do. And uh, I was I was jobless and, and wasn't quite sure what the next step was, but I had a lot of people reach out to me and ask me for help. Like, how did how did you lose weight? What did you do? My gosh, you know, you've always been fit, but then you got out of shape and then you got back in shape. Like, what did you do? So I literally took on a handful of people, just friends, friends of family and helped them. And, and I mean, Amber, they were screenshotting my fitness pal stuff and sending it to me. This was really archaic, right? And uh <laughs> back well before we had our app designed and and nonetheless uh you know before i knew it it was like i had more and more people reaching out it was taking up a lot of my time and i thought gosh this could be a viable business to help people and that's exactly what it became and and that's you know what it is today well that's pretty cool i'm so happy i found you guys i mean it's 
crazy that you're in Arizona, I'm in Nebraska, but, um, and I've got to meet you before. That was really cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh That was way cool. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Amber, again, I appreciate your time. Um, We love you as a client. We know that you've done such an awesome job on this program and that you've learned a lot of things about yourself that really we just helped open up and, and show you about yourself. So that being said, thank you. Um, and I know you're going to have continued success and everything you've done is going to inspire hundreds, which it already has. And, uh, again, thank you. I, I just can't say anything else, but thank you because of this is a symbiotic thing. Like we talk about, like we we've helped you, but you've helped us a lot more than you know as well. So thank you, Amber. Well, thank you. The only thing I wish I could change about what I've done is that I would have started it sooner. And I know there's so many people who they have seen my journey a little bit. They, you watch from afar, been curious. And I would just tell them, just do it. You have nothing to lose. I mean, I have changed a lot on the outside, but the confidence that you've helped me get on the inside, I mean, you have you haven't just changed my body, you've changed my life and I can't thank you enough. Oh, you're very welcome. So we'll end it on that. Like, like she said, guys, just do it. Stop watching from the sidelines. Stop watching everyone else do it. It's your turn, right? It's your turn. It's your turn. Awesome. Thanks again, Amber. All right. Hey guys, this is Adam, head coach at Copper State Fit. If you felt inspired by the show you just heard and you feel like taking it a bit further, we'd like to help. For those of you looking to take baby steps, download our free MyFitnessPal tutorial and macro cheat sheet. Link can be found in the show notes. And for those of you that want to take a little more than a baby step, schedule a free phone consultation with us. We'll answer all your questions and provide you with personalized information. No strings attached, no obligation to buy. But if you do, we'll throw in a bonus. Mention Podcast 49 in your consult notes and we'll take $49 off your first month. The only wrong decision is indecision, so pick what's right for you. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to speaking with you.